it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. I am so excited to be staring at the face of the delicious Julie Tanner. Hello, Julie. Wow. Thank you. You are. You know you're gorgeous. how I feel. I'm like, oh, I could lose lose myself in those eyes of yours. Yes, (laughs) you're talking. (laughs) Just got mutual (laughs) crushing on each other. Um, Julie, I mean, I've known your name for a lot of years because you've been doing Nourishing the Mother podcast for a long time yeah six years six years six years I know I can actually hardly believe it it's a really really long time Bridgie and I met at playgroup when I had just given birth to my third stop yeah that's cool and you're like and then we just had the raddest conversations and we were both podcast addicts like we love podcasts and we were like, oh, one day, one day we should, you know, one day. And then that opportunity came up and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And she was like, yes, we are. And so we jumped on this podcast thing back in the day when it wasn't even really a thing in Australia. No, no. Like at all. And just to have rad conversations, to find other women in the world who wanted to speak about the things that we wanted to speak about. And all of a sudden we found this gathering of women that would just spectacular humans wanting to have exactly the nuanced conversations we were having and Nourishing the Mother became a business but out of something that for a year was just a way for us to find a voice when we were so invisibilized in the experience of motherhood you know so it's amazing Mm. it's a it's a huge achievement to also stay committed to something for that long let's be real every in a a world of shiny objects Uh I mean you've really stayed committed but Things have also evolved for you and there's other things that you do as well. And I really um, connected to you. Someone, I think it was when I started to talk on, on um, on my page or Facebook page and stuff about the discoveries I was making about the world of the divine feminine and I was sort of talking about this and I had started to really, you know, head down that path of being surrounded by people who talked about feminine and masculine energy and Mm. so much was illuminating for me in terms of the zone I'd been in for so long in my masculine and how I was having to shift and change to allow myself to rest and and then someone actually tagged you in one of my posts do you follow Julie Tenner and I was like who is this Julie Tenner? Oh, it's Julie from Nourishing the Mother. Went over to your page, saw that you'd launched a book, ordered the book straight away. Um, Hashtag beautiful packaging of that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. I was just like, what is this? It was really important to me. Yeah, I sat there one night with a gathering. You'll love this. We sat there one night with a gathering of mums, just my local mum friends, with wine and cheese board, and we all sat there wrapping these beautiful books in ways that were deeply meaningful to me to have flowers on it and the symbol on the printed paper was an artwork that had been made by another beautiful mum. Like it was just the whole thing. I needed it to be 
beautiful because women are. So you feel something when you experience beauty and that's what it should be, you know, so. Well, you kicked off the party for me and, in fact, it was just probably two days before it arrived, about two days before I had booked in a night at a hotel for myself uh, to just get away from the children. So I was reading your book in a hotel bath. I with- saw your post. I saw you. I'm like, this is your friend tag. I was like, she's like, oh, my God, there's your book. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I want everyone to go. So the name of the book, we should tell them, is called Flowers and Honey. And the byline is the art of relationship, love, and desire. And, you know, I opened the pages and I don't even know what I was expecting, but it absolutely blew me away. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful read. Like, I think I fall in love with you on the pages as well as kind of fall in love with myself and women in general. And the whole thing was just getting the juices flowing. And I wanted to give people a little sense of some of some of the things that you say and I and I just thought I'd grab a few little bits and then you can just talk this out a little bit because oh you know what I know let's let's do this because this will probably give us an entry point to talk about what you mean when you talk about feminine and masculine energy because I do think that there's still a lot of confusion about that and even just knowing it like knowing it from the way that you speak it is illuminating in itself and will give people breakthroughs. This is one of the things um, that you said. You said um, you are a being of amplification. You are the amp of life. I'm like, Tinkle's even just reading it. Every time you amplify, make it feel even better, turning the dial up, you discover you are a sensual genius. Go explore it. The more you feel, the more energy is flowing through you and from you, the more the universe and everything you desire is drawn towards you, including your man and the type of attention you crave. The more you flow, the more ecstatic, vital, and magnetic you become. Yeah, surely. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you know, I, I love this because I speak so much about just the just the basic value in in feeling good and honoring yourself and just yeah. and here you've said exactly why yeah i think as you've already said i love that what you're steering women towards is how do we amplify our experience of life and self and love and pleasure and what is it that you want from this life like I I love that that's where you take the conversation because we are designed to feel pleasure it's designed to feel good and the trick of the feminine is that if it's feeling good if you are feeling you are in your feminine but Mm. our society is trained in the opposite way we're taught if it feels good it's probably wrong Mm. yes if it's not painful or you know no pain no gain if there's not a level of suffering and forging forwards you're not going to get anywhere Mm. so we start to mistrust our own body we have patriarchal systems and history that doesn't trust our feminine body that says no 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 that's not true don't 
what you're feeling isn't accurate, forget intuition, forget gut feeling, because if it's not rational, if it's not known, if it's not predictable, if it's not static and the same every single time I see it, then clearly there's something wrong with that. And so we learn it in so many ways. We learn we're too much. We're not supposed to feel. When we feel, love is removed. When we feel, life is unsafe for us in some or many ways that the people around us can't handle us, that they're removed from us. So we stop having needs. We stop having people around us who desire to meet our needs and we ourselves often won't share them with others because the story that we've grown up with or the narrative that we've embedded in our own nervous system is that it's not okay for us to have needs or if we do have needs that somehow we're punished for them. So I think it's... I, I think it's easy to toe the line of an, unless it's known in my mind and makes sense on a rational level that that's the way I should take it. And I think it's harder to say I'm willing to take the path that not many take that says I get to feel good. I get to have a life that lets me feel and a body that that opens with pleasure and that when I do that, I become the force of magnetism that calls towards me that which I desire. I don't need to be the hero who goes hunting for the golden fleece because I'm the goddess and the golden fleece will arrive to me. It's a completely different way of communicating in your life, I think. It's a completely different way of being. Yeah. Like it's a it's a completely different shift because we've all been brought up you know with that set your goals. Mm. You know, instead of recognizing like you feeling good is the goal. Yeah. <laughs> and when you feel good and when you're honoring your own needs, able to express them, you will have the things. But it's like we think the answers are outside us. And what I think your book does is it reminds us that we've got it all. Yeah, always. So in saying that, can you just give a a little rundown of and contextualise this conversation in terms of these masculine, feminine energies and definitely I think even the word energy can be a bit ambiguous and lose a few people so let me just dial that down just into even let's just talk about it in terms of science and really basic we know there's protons and electrons we can scientifically prove that energy exists in the world and that negative energy or um um what did I just call it electrons electrons will always seek protons protons will always seek electrons there's a level of chemical stability that happens when we attract an equal and opposite force that's what our entire systems of life are created upon so we know there's negative and positive charges and they will always seek their equal and opposite to come into a state of balance and equilibrium so Positive and negative energy occur within different people to different degrees. And depending on your particular mix of those degrees of masculine and feminine or negative and positive, we could call it pineapples and oranges. It wouldn't matter. It's just a word that we've attached that tells you a certain archetype or way of being or belonging to the world. We know positive attracts negative, negative attracts positive, and that they create a completion within them, not 
that a partner completes you, but that there's an energetic magnetism that completes itself in a cycle where we get we get electricity, we get excited, we get arcs of attraction. There's a completion when two forces come together, like a magnet, two ends of a magnet. You can't keep them apart. They want to come together always. So masculine and feminine energy, the words masculine and feminine don't mean anything about gender. They don't mean anything about genitals. They don't mean anything about sexes. Don't attach feminine means women, masculine means men, because it absolutely does not. This applies to LGBTQI relationships. This applies just to anyone and anything within our world, completely irrespective of whether you identify as male or female or any other version that feels really self-identifying and, and fulfilling for you. It's completely irrelevant in terms of masculine and feminine energy. We have both inside of us to different degrees and we attract our equal and opposite outside of us. This is the law of attraction. We have an energy inside, it attracts an energy outside. We change the energy inside it attracts a different energy outside. We are just continuously in a proton-electron connection, magnetism, force of attraction. So what I love about this work is that, yes, we can say feminine energy is more representative of or is the word that we've chosen as an English language or a construct that, of course, originated from Eastern philosophies around the sensual, rounded aspects of nature and world, you know, the feelings, the states of being that are electric and ecstatic, the pleasure in the body, the ability to receive into you anything, to receive money, to receive love, to receive attention, to receive someone's someone else's energy into your being. It's the art of receiving, receptivity, sensuality, all of our five senses, what we take in from the world. The feminine is our abundance force. It's it's the pleasure and the matter of this world. Counter opposite to that is its equal and opposite, which is the masculine set of traits and attributes, which is everything about logic, vision, future, purpose, structure, problem solving, goal achieving, rational, linear ways of being and belonging that exist in consciousness. So the masculine is consciousness. Part of us might identify with that as soul, that which always was and always will be, that which has vision for the future and continues to um, live in aspect of that and the part of us that's feminine that's in the present moment that's feeling it that's loving in it that's experiencing it that's full of body sensations that part is the feminine so when we shut off the feminine we lose the ability to experience bodily pleasure we lose the ability to receive we lose the ability to be deeply nourished present and fully able to um, give our fullness in the gifts of our love or how we love others and how we receive love in return. And we start to suffer from that. We start to dry up and develop um, hardenings in our body. We lose our fluidity, our um, usefulness, if you like, our suppleness. It disappears from our mind and from our body and from our heart and, and in aspect from our soul. So... I think I've rambled again. Pull me back in, Lisa. I'm like, just <laughs> keep talking, Julie. This is just, 
I I really love this. And I, you know, to give a, a really cool example, um, and I think you gave this in the book, or was it when I was interviewing you in Live the Change? I can't remember, was about um those early years of motherhood yeah. being a particularly a time where we are in our masculine. Yes, we are. A, a lot of the time. And and because I'd I'd like to just talk about that is how how we lose it. So how we lose that side of us and and things can become dominantly masculine and we don't even know that we're there and we don't know how to get back and it's not a bad thing that we've been there because it like that stage of life requires like you to get up in the morning move through your tasks yeah and I love the example you give too of like when you get to the like the the for the for the masculine the goal is nothingness Mm. like the goal is to just like be done Yes. And um, whereas the goal in the feminine is like more, 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 better, yeah, 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 keep coming, keep flowing, yeah, yeah. Whereas I think so many moms can can absolutely go, oh yeah, I'd get to the end of my day. I don't want to like, yeah. I, I remember when I stopped watching seven thirty report and all of that sort of stuff. I don't need anything more in my brain. Just give yeah. me like, I just want nothing. Yeah, because I got through this day. So I think we often get confused by that because mothering is one of the cycles within the sacred feminine, right, maiden, mother, crone. And I think it often gets misconstrued with what that means when we're talking about the energetics of the skill set that's required. So the skill set that's required in mothering is a masculine art form. You have to have vision to see, know, plan the future of you and others. You have to be able to lead yourself mm-hmm. and others through multiple tasks, through multiple missions, through getting everyone just in bed and where they need to be throughout the entire day, fed, nourished, cared for. When you are caring for someone else rather than receiving, when you are caretaking of them, holding space for them, meeting their needs and providing in any way, that is a masculine art form. Mm. The feminine would be the one that's like, yeah, let's play Lego till we've had enough. And then who knows? <laughs> I don't know what's for dinner. I don't even know. Whereas there's just like, my God, that is my worst nightmare if I got to five o'clock and I've now got tired kids who are ready for bed and I haven't planned dinner. It's my worst nightmare. So I'm going to plan the shit out of my day so that I don't get to that point where I'm so overwhelmed, my nervous system is flooded, and now I can't get anyone anywhere. So we will continuously ask ourselves to feel less, to empty, to have a more regulated and distilled, if you like, nervous system so that we can perform the tasks that motherhood requires us to perform. Now, of course, it's nuanced. There's going to be flows in and out of the feminine, of course. But if we continue to run that mass, now we're running a household, then the finances, then the dishes, then the house, then we're running the husband, then we haven't stayed still. We haven't said we don't even allow ourselves to sit down until the dishes are done and all the jobs are done. And we've decided that our value is now based on how many tasks we can tick off on the list. And if we didn't miss one of those tasks, our value is now worth nothing. So we better get that task done. Like it just completely reroutes what our sense of fulfillment and self is in that. And I think that that is a great heart hurt. I think that is an, an ache to never really feel seen, to never really feel known or touched or deeply met. I don't know that we know what that is when we're running in our masculine. That's the feminine. 
to feel seen, to feel touched, to feel just deeply known by another human, you actually have to be still enough and open enough and in your body feeling enough for that to happen. But if you're not any of those things, that simply isn't the energetic match that you're going to call in. It's so, this is just so interesting because I'm listening to this through the lens of where I'm at right now in my life, which is experimenting with this kind of thing beyond my marriage. So I can hear how things were going in my in my marriage, how in my masculine I needed to be to get through, I mean, three kids in four years and a husband with complex needs and really um, chaotic kind of environment. I was right there. And and now you that lose yourself, right? Because if you lost yourself, what would happen? I was holding it all right. together. And then and then when that ended, and then I just kind of unraveled a little bit, someone came into my life and I was able to explore this particular side of me. It became like it's almost like a game. He wouldn't know that. But like where I get to. But he's, he taught me as well. He's like, I mean, I can remember him saying one time, just lie down and just stop doing stuff and let me do this. Like, can you just yeah. receive? And I was like, oh, what do you mean? But this surely there's something I must be doing right now for you and your pleasure. He's like, my pleasure is your pleasure. Yeah, just what we often miss. Quieten down. <laughs> stop. And it has been this extra practice. In fact, I took a screenshot of something that he said recently that I wanted to share if this was brought up. And it was, um, hang on. Uh, he said, Let them, I think this is what women, this is what we forget is the gift that we are when we're, we are just here for pleasure and joy and we're open and we're being this different version of ourselves we're playing around with it like I it's it's just it's always you know moving in and out and he said you know I love your smile and your smell the way you laugh your sunshine and it's that sunshineness right it's like I don't know if my husband saw the sunshine of me when I was so in that zone I couldn't I couldn't bring it for myself or for him and it it's so yeah so I just wanted to share that because I think that's what they don't even know why the attraction they don't even know message but I mean that even hearing that message is medicine I think for so many of us because for so many of us we're not sure does that exist really Right. Like really? No, really. Your pleasure literally is his pleasure. The greatest turn on for a man is your being in your pleasure. And the greatest turn on for a woman is being the object of that desire, that salivation, that like, oh my God, you are magnificent. Please let me worship at your altar. So I think we forget and are taught out of, conditioned out of how magnificently beautiful we are. Right. And it's like we, and and this is what I'm, I'm passionate about with women too, is like, I don't, I can see now that it was always my job 
to find it in myself. Yeah. And um, first, like I, I, I think that we can all actually do that. We, we owe it to ourselves. Like why move through a lifetime without exploring that? No matter if you're partnered or not partnered, like no, it doesn't. Demartini, I think it's from Demartini. He says this great quote around you need to govern yourself or the world will govern you. Mm. So you get to choose whether I'm in charge of my life and what I experience or if I choose to acquiesce that for all of the reasons that I say are in the way of me claiming that, then someone else dictates what my life's experience will be. Mm. And I was never a woman that swallowed that well. (laughs) No. And in fact, this is one of the quotes from your book that I wanted, that I had dog-eared. There's about 75. Um, But you said to live in your feminine energy is to feel into your sovereignty. It is not to be perfect or succulent all the time. You are not one-sided. It is to be devoted to your heart first and foremost and to be aware of your energy. And it is to remember that a queen never rules alone. She can do hard and great things with a support crew. Please find the women who will fan your flames and support your journey into embodied living. Yeah, that's and- I want to cry even just hearing you read that. So thank you. What a pleasure. Oh, you wrote it. Oh, but it just breaks my heart because I'm like, yes, I think we are so pitted against each other. Yes. Culturally. And that that is reinforced and ingrained and yet the greatest teachers and fanners of my flames, of my own desires and my own experience, of my own sovereignty and discovery and all of the things were women. A hundred percent. It's actually funny to me. So when Nick and I first got engaged, we moved to Sydney and we were there alone. My sister was there for a year or two. And, and so we raised, we had all our children away from family. Uh, I made some beautiful friends while I was away, but they weren't, you know, the people, like um, some of them were, and I'm still connected to them. But I, he, I looked to him to be everything to me. It's like a recipe for disaster. And, you know, when shit started to hit the fan and things, it was, it's the women who gathered. Yeah. It's the women who, who, held me through really hard times and reminded me who I was and like I love that fan the flames because now if I need that I know exactly who to go to I will never uh women will see you clearer than you see yourself and what a gift like what an actual gift and yet we sit there like my man he's not is that is that to be his role yeah, no, is it to be Israel? 100%. I think that we've got to be willing to outsource what the relationship itself is not equipped to provide at this point in time, knowing that also you get to have everything you want, but there's a process of evolution in that. Mm. So if what you want that thing right now, but he isn't, you've trained him to not give you that thing right now, mm. then there's a level of untraining him that's going to take some time. And while he's being untrained, you don't have to sit there missing out on that thing. You get to self-empower it and find it for yourself so you are no longer dependent on the world, other humans outside of you in order to feel your own fullness. You cannot ask your partner to give you something you do not know how to give yourself. 
You can say, you never validate me. Are you validating you? Just you see you? Every single time I ask myself, I'm like, I'm not getting something or that. Well, hang on a minute. Whose job? Whose job is that? It's my job to give it to me first. And yeah. And in fact, this was, that's so funny that you've brought this up. This is another dog-eared page. If you hold back your truth, um, you keep him in the dark. This is about the training. This is about like where we found ourselves. And I think this is important because, yes, because I think when we get into these conversations, it's like, I don't have to change in order for him, like he's got a blah, 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 come to the party. So you said, if you hold back your truth, you keep him in the dark. He can't know what he can't see. You are always training your partner to respond or not respond to you. Which are you choosing? Heart truth or smooth pond? And I mean, that spoke to me. Don't make the mistake of deciding he can't meet you. If you've never shown him your truth or skilled him up on how to, men stay in the dark when women keep them so. I love this so, so much. And it's because I was a sweeper under the carpenter and I value, um, I've, I value calm. Yeah. <laughs> and so last night, for example, um, my kids were with my best friend and um, we I went out to dinner with my boyfriend and I just said, I, I'm like, he just doesn't, I don't think he realizes how stressed I am at the moment. There's a lot on, there's a lot of big things happening. And so I just said, I'm not, I can't make any decision whatsoever about this situation. He's like, well, let's, let's go out. I'm like, you, you just decide. Uh, because I'm I'm decision fatigued. So he decided where we went. He told me what time. He ordered the drinks. He ordered the food. He held the conversation because I wanted to be with him, but I was sort of a bit maxed out, you know, and he wouldn't have known to do that. And I could have just been like, why doesn't he make a decision? Why do I? But instead, I just actually was like, this is where I'm at right now. And he just did the things. Isn't that amazing? And then came back here and before the kids arrived, had sex. It's like perfect. That's really beautiful leading of him too. That's clear. He already has a a beautiful cultivation of his masculine that he can lead. I can make the decisions and lead you through those in a way that feels really good for you. That's a really beautiful masculine art. And how glorious that that allows you the equal feminine freedom to be like, oh, and I get to feel it all and just like be in the Be here. Oh, here I am. Hello, you that I forgot I had a body and a heart and desire in my body because I'm running all day. Yeah. It was like plugging myself back into an electric socket. He literally didn't need to do anything. I just needed to have it. <laughs> like, oh, good. It's and this so- is the thing about the experimenting with it. Well, and and that's why I love your book because it actually you actually provide even the words to use at the end of the book. Yeah, You're like, here when this comes up, try saying this, see what happens. And I love that you do that. Can you have you received good feedback from people about them putting that into practice yeah. in their life? You know, I think it's always clunky when you first start it. Yes. And I think depending on how much masculine energy your partner has. So if you are a woman, let's say we're just going to take a heterosexual relationship, but please apply as suits your relationship dynamic. 
You are a woman who's running hardcore in her masculine. You lead the relationship. You make the decisions about house and home and life and what we're spending money on and where we're going and what what direction we're taking. And you always plan everything, blah, 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 because he's not capable. He's not able to. He's too flaky, Jay, all the things. So you're in your masculine all of the time. You will attract an equal and opposite partner. So largely, he'll be in his feminine most of the time. He'll like to go with the flow. He'll be really good at playing with the kids and not thinking about dinner or not seeing the toy he just stepped over or that dinner even needs to be thought about or prepared for. Because this is so loving. What do you, you don't want to sit on the couch. I'd like a more loving in you, run. You're like, you haven't fucking done anything all day. And yeah, but I'm right here. I want to just look like... So if you have a man who's hugely in his feminine, doesn't like decisions, doesn't like rules, doesn't know how to lead, is pretty, um, likes you to do all of that stuff for him, it's going to take some training time for him to learn how to make the decisions, for him to learn that that's going to be okay with you. Rather than someone who was in your scenario goes, you know what, I'm just, I'm, I just can't make any decisions tonight. He's like, okay, but I just want to please you. So do you want Thai? And you're like, I don't want to make a decision. Okay, Chinese? You know, like it's he can't make that decision yet. So there's gonna be a level of discomfort for both of you while you reorient. You learn how to not make the decisions and lead and he learns how to lead and make the decisions. Mm. There's an equal practice because you've trained each other perfectly. Yeah. So there's a period of discomfort for both of you until it gets slippery, slick, super smooth, holy shit, didn't know this man existed. That happens, but you have to be willing to move through some periods of discomfort and shake out all of the old stories in your body that set up those ways of being and belonging in the world to begin with because we only create strategies because we have to or have had to in our life. They're not irrelevant. They weren't not needed. They were. But if you want a different type of relationship to the one you have right now, it requires a different skill set. That's all it is. You don't have to do any of it. But if you want a different reality, you're going to need to try some different ways of thinking. Yes. And so I know that we don't have much long left and I just feel like there might be women going, okay, this is speaking to me. Uh, I can see some stuff. So aside from getting your book, after this, if someone's like, yeah, I'm in that masculine most of the time, Mm. what does it mean to experiment with my feminine? What might be something that they could try like tonight, tomorrow, this week to just start to do like feel more? I think you've just said it, just try feeling more. It's just about coming back into your body and being able to speed up the recognition that you have between I'm feeling something. Oh, I'm feeling something. Oh, what am I feeling? Can I put words to it? Oh, because when I name it, it's like a child now with a name. It like has a presence now. Oh, I'm feeling tired, uncomfortable, angry. Oh, like I want to be loved right now. So just 
starting to recreate the neural pathways between oh, I am feeling rather than the disconnect and the slicing off mm. of the neck because whatever happens in the body is like, let's just cool that shit down and not listen to it at all because it's better when we don't. That's old. It doesn't work if then you want to have this deeply feeling, seen, felt, experienced relationship and sexuality. It's a different skill set. So retrain your neural pathways to be in touch with your body and what it's feeling in every moment that you want to practice for. You might choose, while I have my cup of tea, I'm really going to notice what I feel. Can I name it? Can I sit, move, breathe, speak in a way that then makes that feel even better because that's being the amp of life. That's when you literally have this body and this sensual skill set to it's innate in you. You're born with it to be able to turn the dial up on that energy and people outside of you feel it. That's why everyone who listens to you, right, plugs into this podcast and plugs into your spaces because they feel something different when they plug into your energy your spaces, your containers. That's not an accident. That is a well-cultivated feminine art form that you're choosing to go and worship at the altar for. I go to a concert, I choose to, I feel something when I listen to that person's music. Mm. I feel something when I'm around this friend and I feel something different when I'm around that one. Yeah, because that's their feminine frequency. Mm. And the moment you feel something in your body, it's like, you have an opportunity to birth that into the world and anyone who needs that gets to experience that as it overflows from you. That's that's a gift. There is no good or bad, right or wrong. They're human attachments. All there is is energy. If right now what's needed is anger, beautiful, because when you put in strong boundaries, you let people know how to love you and then they can love you better. And you get to feel full of life. And energy, if you've been really tired, there is nothing like anger to zazz your system to give you exactly the energy energy that you've been praying for. There is no good or bad, right or wrong, all there is is energy. And how much can you be in motion with that rather than you play it cool, he thinks you're cool. Oh, Julie, I mean, I could literally listen to you talk all day. Hmm. literally could you should just do that just be like on live somewhere for 24 hours no that would be very depleting but you speak a truth that I think is so relevant for women as a collective and where we're at right now which is like plugging back in to ourselves and I think more and more women are wanting to do it more of us are feeling off track like where we don't know how to find our way um, and you've just given us a beautiful first step to take. So I hope that everybody who listens to this goes and buys your book mm-hmm. and we will have links for everything in the show notes and, and also experiments with that, naming their, their feelings. What a beautiful place to start. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, Julie. Such a privilege. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you and I'll speak to you very soon. Hey, what if it was way simpler than you thought to feel good right now? That's what we're exploring in a brand new free five-day experience with me. Listen to me right now. You do not have to wait for anything to change to feel good. No, you don't have to lose a dress size. Meet your dream partner, have more money in your bank account or have kids that sleep through the night. Stop waiting. 
and start feeling good. I've got all the tools and resources ready in what will be a hugely transformational week just for you. I know you deserve to feel good. Do you? Register to join me at lisacordaff.com forward slash feel good. I cannot wait to see you there. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode. 